Hey, it's the Jim Norton and Sam Roberts podcast. We have a great guest this time. Who's better than Steve-O? I don't want to list people because he's our guest. That <laughs> <laughs> <It> would suck. <laughs> he's, he's fantastic. Talks about his stunts. I mean, the stunts that he's doing now are somehow even more hilarious than he did in the past. He talks about them and his YouTube career and everything. We were really happy to see our pal again. Yeah. If you want to hear more interviews like this or just segments every single day, you can listen to Jim Norton and Sam Roberts on Sirius XM Channel 103. And for a limited time, you can do it for free. Go to SiriusXM.com slash Jim and Sam, and you can get a three-month trial for free, or you can just subscribe to this podcast and listen once a week if that's enough. And I'm sure for a lot of you, it will be plenty. Like A lot of people write books about their lives and it's like I don't know I don't know if you needed to write a book about your life but you are a person who's accumulated so much experience it's like you know I, I can I can utilize this well thank you yeah, yeah. I actually um, <clears throat> I uh, put out a memoir in 2011 and uh, that that went super well and then over the following 10 years um, my life just managed to stay crazy and I was like I got another book in me my agent said uh Sadly, memoir part two is not a thing. <laughs> so I had to uh, come up with an angle for it. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to make it a book of wisdom. It's basically like a memoir kind of wrapped in, it's like 90%, wow, this guy's crazy, and 10%. And he might have actually learned something from that. Right, there's a takeaway. There's yeah. there. <laughs> Did you admit anything that you wished you didn't admit? Ah, uh, wow, there, that, that's a good question, because I admitted a fucking fuck ton of gnarly shit, man. Like, uh, in, in the, the, the first chapter is about death. It's, uh, it says, don't be afraid of dying, be afraid of getting old. And um, I definitely admitted some gnarly shit in there. Like, the last time uh, I worked with Ryan Dunn, of course, you know, yeah, our, sure. our jackass guy who died, um, we did this show called Minute to Win It. And um, there's no reason for me to admit this in the book, but like when the idea came up to do Minute to Win It with Ryan Dunn, I was campaigning to um, do it alone. I, was, I thought I was big enough of a star that I should do it by myself. And I was trying to like campaign to get him like removed from the equation, which is a super unflattering thing to admit. But then again, uh, it was important to me to do so because you know the book's not an exercise in trying to make me look good right you know like i'm i'm a fucking self-important piece of shit you know? we're all like selfish that. asses at times yeah. yeah for sure and um so yeah there's that and then um you know after ryan died um you know i i talk about this in the book and i don't know if it's an admission as much but uh I, I, I say that, that I, I largely felt jealous of him, you know, like for having, uh, when, when, when Ryan died, the, it was like very shortly after we were number one in the box office, big hit movie, you know, like uh, he was young, he, you know, like it just, it, it was just kind of like he was on top of the world, you know, like he had the, the whole world adored him. He never got into uh, any kind of um, a, a loss of dignity, you know, like yeah. 
And uh, life is scary, man. You, you get older, you don't know how it's gonna go. Yeah. And, and um, he he he's out of the woods is kind of how I saw it. So kind of a weird exploration of the concept of death. Oh, you mean there was almost something that because he went out beloved. He went out beloved. You're yeah. like, there's, that's what you're jealous of. The, wor the world never saw him in a way that that he wouldn't have, you know? Or do you worry about that? Like, Because I feel like you're such a redemption story. Like, I feel like people love you now. Like, you've, you've got all the crazy shit that everybody loved, and you've come out on the other side, and you're healthy, but you're also not like trying to erase that and go, ah, that's oh, not oh, me oh, anymore. Oh, You're time. like, hey, everybody, let's all enjoy that together. Plus I got all this new shit that I'm doing over here that people are into. Right, I, I've definitely been super fortunate and um, you know, I, I'm not trying to erase the past or anything. And I, and I think I've actually done a good job of, of letting go of what didn't work and just keeping the crazy stuff that did. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there, you know, there's uh but do you worry that it's st you still worry that like at some point this is going to stop working and it's um, I'm not going to keep that dignity or, sure. or you do? I I mean I, I think that maybe it doesn't make sense to be worried, but I'm but that's just me. Yeah, you yeah. know I'm gripped by fear and anxiety no matter what happens. Um, if I want to see dignity, I have to look in my rearview mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like a telescope. Yeah. Way. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. I, I um, at my core, I'm just such an attention whore, and and that's just how I've always been. It's always how I'm always going to be. And what's scary to me is that, like, being old is kind of like a party foul. You know, like when, when 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 people see an elderly person, that serves as a reminder of their mortality. And people don't want to fucking think about their mortality. So we're kind of in the habit of taking elderly people and just shooing them into nursing homes and trying to keep them out of our fucking view. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. Like sure, it's, sure. It's a party foul to be old. It's not fucking cool. Nobody wants you around. And to be an elderly attention whore is kind of a fucking crisis, man. <laughs> so is that what you're worried about now? That, like, okay, like, you know, I figured out how to keep doing crazy shit and keep people, like, satisfied and they still love me. Here, I got clean, they still love me. You're into your middle age and they still love right. me. But, like, I don't know if I can gig, do this when I'm old. The gig, the gig, I fear, may be up at a certain point, that, and that's scary. But I, I recently had a conversation with Kevin Smith on my on my podcast, and I was kind of articulating these fears that I have. And he said, man, you know, I don't think you have to worry. He told me that, he said, I can think of a bunch of people who were like properly old and still managed to stay edgy and cool. You know, like he said, perfect example, George Carlin. He said, mm -hmm. he said, Steve, I can picture you being fucking old and like kind of cool like George Carlin. And man, ever since I heard that, I've just been kind of... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just grasping onto it and holding it like a life preserver. You made it your your ring yeah. on your phone. Like, I need to hear it again. I need to hear it again. Well, you, you went, uh, I was fast because I'm a sex addict, so I mean, it's common yeah. knowledge. You went f over 400 days without ejaculating. Right. And I, I, I haven't done that, but I went a long time without jerking off. Did you, did it change you at all? Or, or, or and when you went back to it, yeah. what triggered you? It, it made me fucking grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I, like it, it, 
and I'm, it was bad, man. Like uh, d- during my uh, my marathon run of celibacy, which yeah, four hundred and thirty one days, wow. which uh, I think that's a year and three months. Yeah, I did not blow a load for the entire year of twenty fourteen, and no nocturnal emissions. No, dude. In my dreams. I would uh, I would find myself in some encounter in my dream, and then in my dream I'd be like, I can't blow my sexual sobriety. <laughs> I would like I was like uh, I can't, you know. You couldn't even get the relief in the dream. Usually right. a dream you get one for free if you relapse right. or whatever, but you couldn't even you get, get the one. relief in a dream. Yes, I cheat all the time in my dreams. It's great, and she's dead. <laughs> yeah, I I I, 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 uh, I couldn't even do it in my dream. Um, but uh, th- that was probably the most notable thing was that like when I was on tour performing in comedy clubs, like if I saw someone filming with their phone or if they were being chatty at the table, like that's the, that, that stuff drives us nuts no yeah. matter what. But like I fucking flew off the handle. <laughs> like I, I would just like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah, and that that was probably the the worst of it. Not only are you talking, but I haven't come. (laughs) (laughs) And 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 at the time, it was it was it was super built into my act. You know, like uh, like I was, you know, in in real time, I would even say like, you know, I I haven't blown a load in this many days, and that would be part of the act. So then, when I did fly off the handle at some audience member for some transgression, I'd be like. I'd fucking not you know, like, <laughs> and I had a built-in excuse and uh, you know but it probably also kept you true to it because you're like I can't do the bit anymore yeah like I have a bit about this so if I if I blow my load I also there's, can't do the bit there's, blow- part, there's part of that yeah, yeah for sure it, it definitely became this uh, you know like this stunt in and of itself you know it was just like par for the course i don't know moderation right yeah, uh, and so i made even like this exercise in in uh in celibacy which was supposed to be about recovery i just made it into like a some kind of a fucking david blaine thing or you know? <laughs> and uh i don't think that it was particularly healthy to go that long when you finally went back to it was it with a person was it healthy or did you just break um I, uh, it wasn't with the, that would be weird, I think, after 431 days, it it would be like a pretty unimpressive performance. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I was by myself, Um, I I had kind of planned it out, and- um, Candles lit. (laughs) (laughs) I I was in a, um, I I had a men's therapy group at the time, and uh, the group was led by a, a woman, a therapist, and when I did the the deed, when I when I when I rubbed that load out, it was not only um, like kind of unimpressive. You know, you would think yep. it's like it's going to be a geyser. No. It's going <laughs> to yep. you know, it's going to be a huge marshmallow. <laughs> like uh, it wasn't anything like that. It was super unimpressive. It just kind of landed on my tummy. I took a picture of it. <laughs> And, and texted that picture to the whole men's therapy group with the female therapist on copy, and everyone was properly horrified that I did that. They're like, this really didn't need to be texted to the woman therapist. And, uh, 
Yeah, so, so it was pretty underwhelming. Isn't that the worst when you expect it to be a huge one? Like, this is going to be... Imp- and then it's usually the one that's the second or third one after that is where it really begins to hit. But when you think this is going to be a, a huge well, right. load, and it blurbs it, out. It does? Yeah. <laughs> for for um, having tried to be celibate like a number of times and, and just failed miserably. Like, yeah. like uh, I, 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 I pretty well know about like each uh, you know sort of duration of time three days like when you blow a load it's like epic you know 10 days like doesn't get any better yep 431 days totally not rad yes yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like a low <laughs> testosterone yeah your body is just giving up making sperm so it's just whatever right. whatever happens to be hanging out is what you should yeah, i guess that's what happened. your body's just like i guess we're not doing this anymore no like forget reward. it yeah, yeah. I guess we're not doing this anymore. Wow. It does become like an addict thing of saving it up. Yeah. It's almost like this is going to be so amazing. That's part of the high is I can't wait for it. And then it just doesn't happen. Yeah. I was, uh, I was on your YouTube channel last night watching your, uh, the top 10 places or whatever that you've gotten banned for life yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was watching all the footage of you smoking cigarettes in an airport and then in yeah. an airplane. Yeah, on a Delta flight. <laughs> and it's just like the level that you're at where you're just like constantly like, how can I up the game? Like, it's not even like, uh-oh, I might hurt myself. Uh-oh, I might. Right. This is illegal. They've expressly <laughs> told you, don't do this. Right. Everyone knows it's the one thing you can't do. And you're like, dude, yeah. <laughs> like this cigarette up on the plane and I noticed this little thing that you did and I guess it's just because you're like I'm doing this there was no once you decided I'm gonna light this cigarette on the plane you lit it so <laughs> fast and you're like no we're yeah. in this so how long do you like do you do you when they come over to you do you act like oh I forgot or how do you handle it <laughs> I forgot I can't smoke yeah on like a, do you just go like oh shit the 2000s I, I remember my rationale for it yeah was that uh, I I, I would be on airplanes all the time as we are and they would make an announcement the announcement would say this is a non-smoking flight and federal law prohibits tampering with the smoke detector in the lavatory right they never say that federal law prohibits tampering with a cigarette in your seat right (laughs) i'm not doing it in the lavatory that's right they've been very very good to not even go in the bathroom, right? You know, let alone tamper with the smoke detector. I'm just minding my own business in my seat, smoking a cigarette, and I did not hear anything about that being a federal offense. But it turns out that uh, that it is, and <laughs> they brought you up to speed on that. <laughs> yeah, and disregarding the instructions of a flight attendant is a super federal ah, offense. Yeah. It's a double. Yeah. yeah so what, so you, you lit it up. You, I'm guessing you got like one dragon before somebody came over or right, complained. Right, right. And, and, um, and it's also funny because as you're doing the voiceover, like today, you're like, I just, you know, I just thought it'd be fun. I was making content, blah, blah, blah. And then it goes to the footage and you see the guys that you're with. They're like making <laughs> yeah. the content with you. They're like, Steve, man, stop. Stop yeah. doing this. We got stop. Order. Yeah, we, they're, they're very unhappy. How, fa- how far did you get into it before a flight attendant came over? Uh, not far at all. Just like a one the, guy, the guy was very, very, very cool. He came over and he's like, dude, you got to put that out. And I'm like, one more puff, one more puff, and then I and then I put it out on my wrist. Like I, I didn't bother putting that part on YouTube because I knew that that like if I you know yeah like kind of branding or stuff like that it would have gotten me in trouble with YouTube. But yeah, I absolutely put out the cigarette on my own flesh, 
And then after I did that, I lit another one. <laughs> Put that one out on my flesh, too. And so I, mean, yeah, I didn't want to get into the weeds on the video. Did they arrest you? No, 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 no. You did get the point. Did they, they arrest you? or I, I was let off the plane by uh, what I understand was federal agents, but uh, I was not taken to uh, any kind of a uh, cell or anything. I was, I was let go. Um, it was the ten thousand dollar fine that came. Later. It was ten thousand. I think it was ten thousand. So they don't ban fine. you from Delta or anything. You were they, allowed. To... I, I, as I understood it, I'm supposed to be banned from Delta for life. Wow. But that didn't stick because okay. uh, since since then I've found that I've been able to fly Delta. I don't prefer to fly Delta. Right. Of course, I mean, they, they don't. The, you, they the don't smoking policy smoke. is <laughs> draconian. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also love the federal agents. They're like, Stevo, if we let you go. You can do anything like this again, right? <laughs> oh yeah, no, never. never right, right. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm an Amer American Airlines guy. You are. Yeah, one world man. That's yeah, my of deal. Course. Yeah, yeah. Very, very loyal to American. I'm actually uh, recently uh, a million miler. Ah, congrats! I've, uh, I've accumulated over a million frequent flyer miles on American Airlines. What you got to get to on American, which I never did, but one of my managers was. I think there's a concierge level. Yeah. Where they just oh you, my god they, you get your own like concierge and like oh. you can get on any flight like that's a that's the real there deal. is no um, no magic number of frequent flyer miles that makes you concierge key it's invite only right. and oh. uh, and dude like you you've got your own special entrance to airports and stuff like that like I mean it's epic. Wow. You have to be a guy, but I, I think that the, the guy who got it, he, he did something with the Beatles, so he was always flying American first class to London and back to LA, like an insane amount of expensive right. flights. You have to be like a really, the top one-tenth of a percent customer. Our buddy Burt Kreischer told me about Concierge Key before they even, you know, when it was super secret. Now, like, they'll, they'll even Does he say, have it? He does. Oh, Is he really shit. Concierge Key? He really, and, and dude, he, he got Concierge Key, like, before... When it was like the thing that you don't right, no, when nobody would even know what that meant. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Are you that for life, or is it every I year? I don't know if you're that for life, and I think that uh, for Bert, all the time he's spending on a tour bus now might be knocking not, it down yeah, a little not, bit. Yeah, knocking, knocking down his. Uh, amount of air travel you become yeah. obsessed with it though like you become obsessed yeah, with yeah. getting miles and accumulating miles and only flying that airline it almost sure. becomes debilitating like it's more another addictive accumulation of miles yeah oh. instead of a bonus it's like if i don't fly this i'm losing yeah. something right yeah for sure it, it, it absolutely is yeah so you get you get booted off the delta flight <laughs> they must know though like when you're steve-o it must be like it's one of the jackass guys. Like, there's got to be a thing where they know you're not a lunatic. You're just you're a guy from television. Does it does it lessen the way they treat you at all? Like, meaning are they a little nicer to you than they might be to a regular guy smoking on a plane? Mm. That I mean, that was an awfully long time ago. Candidly, that happened in 2004. Okay. Um, I think that there is a certain amount of leeway that you get for being, uh, you know, known for doing crazy stuff on TV. But in that case, they weren't terribly impressed by me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were they, not odd. They, they, they were. I mean, if they were fans, they did a good job of maintaining their professionalism. <laughs> 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 oh, how come? Uh, how come you weren't at WrestleMania this year with Knoxville? Um, I was on tour. For that, I've been I've been touring pretty heavily, so I missed WrestleMania. I missed uh, Jackass Family Feud. 
Oh, oh yeah. 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 I, I missed uh, Jackass Shark Week 2.0. <laughs> you were doing gigs. Yeah. Isn't it great? How long have you been doing stand-up? Uh, the first time I ever tried it was now 16 years ago. Um, I've been touring relentlessly since 2010. It's great because when, you, when you're famous and you go into stand-up, it's almost harder because people have expectations of you and you, you haven't really performed much yet. So I think right. the beginning for someone really famous is harder than if you go in anonymously. Well, there, there's that and there's just sort of a general consensus of people offended that you're doing it. You know, like yeah. they, they, not everybody was rooting for me and uh, it... I could feel that. Were some of the comics dicks? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, I, I just didn't let it bother me too much. Or I mean, I, sorry. I absolutely let it bother me <laughs> way too much. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't let it stop me. Right. Yeah. I, I, I kept at it. And I, I did the, the comedy club circuit for 11 years and then finally made the leap to theaters. Yeah, how long did it take you to feel like, okay, fuck them if they criticize me, this is a legit thing I'm doing? I mean, that, that was my behavior all along. Right. Um, fuck them if they criticize me was, was my approach. And, and in the beginning, um, in the beginning I, I did uh, like kind of a half a set of comedy and then a half a set of like silly circus jackass tricks. You know, like I was, Doing shit that I should not have been doing every night, let alone twice a night in a comedy yeah. club, and and I was just doing it because I figured that that um, would help deliver a, a, a better experience. And gradually, I got better with the stand up and and um, did my first special. And then, as I put together my show for my second special, like it, it just struck me one night while I was on stage. I was like, oh my god, all these stories that I'm, you know building this new hour out of are things that happened on camera. And so like, wow, what if my next special, I interstitially edit the footage of the stories, mm. like so that you're actually, you know, like interstitially put in the footage so that you're to illustrate the right. stories that I'm telling in the act. And fuck, man, my head exploded. I got so excited. I was like, man, I'm going to make a multimedia comedy special. And what was so helpful about that was that where up to that point, I was just totally fucking unwilling to, to watch back footage. Because it's, right. like, it's not easy to, to watch. For a lot of people, watching yourself do stand-up is really fucking uncomfortable. But when I came up with this idea, it forced me to do it. I was like, I was so excited I had to do it. So I started taping my sets regularly, putting them into the computer and dropping the footage into the right. timeline. And it forced me to study the footage of, of my performances. And then, you know, lo and behold, I'm like, this is fucking bothering me. Like all these things that I didn't like and I just addressed it. So it sped up my progression so much. Yeah, it's easier to watch if you're doing something. Like if you're in the middle of doing something, you're like, all right, but otherwise it's just like, oh, this yeah. fucking sucks. It's tough. <laughs> so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. It, it's tough. And some guys love watching themselves. I, I've met guys that love it. That's I don't psycho. understand that's, that. That's psycho, I think, when people love watching themselves. They'll do anything. It's fucking it's nuts. Did you watch? Did you like watching back like your your jackass footage, or did you feel the same way about that? I mean, at the premiere, yeah, it's 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 rad to see it when it's coming together. It's rad to see it right when it's done. But like, I'm not gonna watch an old jackass movie for kicks, right? You know, that, right. That, that that's not. Oh, watch this! Watch this! This is really funny. <laughs> like, watch, yeah, this is right. But but then, uh, so I put out my second comedy special. I was super stoked on that one. 
like just for having that that original multimedia approach and by that point i i had two real strong things about what i wanted to do to do next i wanted to stop living in the past because all of my stand up up to that point like was regaling the glory days you know i felt like i was turning into a douche who won't shut up about like how much he could bench press in high school right yeah. just like oh right. back back when this happened when this, when this happened and i was so in love with the idea of of uh the multimedia component i now wanted to bring that on the road so the way forward like was pretty clear to me i i want to do new shit that's super fucked up like really raise the bar for like the jackass kind of uh you know and entertainment make an act out of that and bring the footage on the road and so that's what my new hour is it's uh or i shouldn't my new hour i've been touring with it for some time it's called the bucket list tour and after each bit in the show i screen the footage of the bit. That's great. That's cool. Yeah, dude, it's and and I went fucking like I had a, a medical professional in disguise administer stolen general anesthesia drugs into an IV while I was riding a fucking bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm so thrilled with that. I did uh, I did another fucking uh, like um, sprint. Like uh, like I I was given an epidural, a, a four inch needle in my spine. Wow! Fucking doctor in disguise injects the drug into my spinal cavity, pulls out the needle, and I fucking take off sprinting. I'm <laughs> 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 really happy with that. How far did you get? Uh, dude, surprisingly far. <laughs> surprisingly far. It was uh, we, we were we were in a a, a, a large backyard, and uh, I got two laps out of it. Wow! And, and did you just feel yourself shutting down, or yeah. was it just done? It came on rather slowly, and ultimately, I collapsed like a baby giraffe being born. <laughs> the legs just stopped working. Yeah, for sure. And then my buddies set about determining just how paralyzed my lower half really was. <laughs> so it got a little dark. Really? <laughs> Did you go through any period? Like, I'm so glad you're at this spot now where you know people, like, they res they kind of respect. You've proven how much you can do all the stuff that you do, right? Like, For on sure. your podcast, people go like, I listen to this podcast because it's a good podcast. The stand-up, it's like, clearly, yeah. he has he has become a good stand-up. Well, and you. it makes it so that you can still do the stunts without being like, oh, people think all I do is stunts. I have to right. stop doing the stunts. Did you... Did you go through that at any point where you're like, I'm not going to do any stunts anymore? Oh, I no, 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 no. I, I was never trying to, uh, wait, wait, like, uh, renounce my... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm good friends with Tom Green. Yeah. And, and I, I know that... Uh, Tom Green kind of has that approach, that feeling like, no, I want to be like Johnny Carson. I want to be a stand-up. Like, and and he he, uh, I'm like, dude, Tom, you got to do like all the awesome shit that you did on the Tom Green show, all that fucking crazy ass shit. And he's like, nope, I don't want to do that, and I don't want to be that anymore. Yeah. And, and you know, not I, I'm all. You're, I, you I, still I love, love it. it. You I still love it. it. I, I just feel like, I, I feel like. If uh, if I have the ability to bring more to the table and like get make something more explosive and more entertaining, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna come forward with with the most, and that's what what's so exciting for me about where I'm at now, because my live show is like this convergence of all of my worlds. 
You know, yeah. like I want it all in there. Yeah. Have you had bit like we we we've all had stand up bits bomb, but have you had any stuff that you shot like oh this would be great, and then you have to watch it through as it's bombing? Have you had any bits bomb on camera on screen while the audience is sitting there? I mean, of course you're gonna scrap that, you know, then and not you know not continue to to play something that that bombs. Um, but that feeling of watching it when you know, like, oh, fuck, there's a minute left. Watching uh, stuff, like, oh, it's the worst. I've had that where you film something you think it's going to be funny. And it just, oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just the moment doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And you have to wait until it's over. And then it's quiet. And it's, it's just okay. the worst. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, an example of that. Um, I mean, there there were parts of things that, like, there were things that that were intended like for example, with the the bicycle anesthesia bit, they were giving it to me incrementally, mm-hmm. and so I started out like I'm juggling, you know, and then this and that, none of that worked, so we just go straight to the bicycle. Oh, you were doing you different know? shit before. Yeah, yeah, and and that was uh, th- that was stupid, and um, on the uh, on the epidural one, while I was. Uh, you know, paralyzed on the ground, and they're they're lighting up my legs like point blank with paintball guns. Um, like I, I had them, I had them smear tattoo ink over the broken skin, thinking that it might turn into uh, funny tattoos. Oh, that's <laughs> but that didn't, but that didn't, didn't work. So that didn't make the cut. Okay, you know? didn't like work. there's just stuff that doesn't work, just doesn't make the cut. But it would have been awesome if it did work. Yeah. It did. It was, <laughs> One time, uh, I carved an upside down cross in my shoulder and yeah. smeared tattoo ink. Is that how you, you got did that? that? On a, you did that on a show, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, uh-huh. I did that on to freak out Stern. Right, that's what I said. Out a butcher knife, and he's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, Argh. "Right, right, that's right." I remember watching, and, that, and he's like, "The fuck are you doing, dude?" Right. Yeah. Back when uh, shit like that was. Um, you, I think that was like on the E network, you know. Yeah. Like just me carving my shoulder open with a butcher knife. Did yeah. you light yourself on fire on Stern oh, yeah. too? Yeah, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, am I just yeah. remembering that wrong? Or no, that that was a thing. I stapled my ball sack to my leg on Stern, <laughs> like fucking slashed my tongue open with a light bulb, like fucking stuck a safety pin through my face. See, <laughs> I love I love when you do stuff like that because you don't go like, like you you can tell they're not faked. Because you're not building them up. You're not like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Because they're going to be like, no, 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 you can't do it. And you're like, no, I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it. Yeah. You never get into the body modification. That, that's always like, you know, those guys who like to split right. their tongue and they split yeah. the back of their cock and they put like metal bars to it. None of that stuff ever appealed to you. Uh, I got pretty into tattoos, but yeah, as far as like the, the weird sideshow stuff, no, nah, I wasn't too worried about that. Well, you did say, and now it's like, your Google News alert is Steve-O is going to get breast implants. Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> that will happen. You really think you're going to do that? Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. That's a, after my bucket list tour. Yeah. I figured, you know, I've got about like six months, um, give or take, like uh, probably less. And um, I'll, I'll do the special for the bucket list. And then I'll get straight into putting together Steve-O's Gone Too Far tour. That's great. And uh, <laughs> got gone too far is uh, breath, like double D breast implants. <laughs> like uh, a, 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 a dick tattoo on my forehead. Sure. 
like sort of following the contour of my eyebrow, but above it on my yeah. forehead. Yeah. And it'll, it'll curve down over it, and then the, the drops of semen coming out <laughs> of the penis will actually be teardrops by my eye. Oh, gotcha. And it's like, people go, you know, you're supposed to murder somebody to get teardrops. You're like, no, that's cum. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, and you don't know how long you'll keep the implants for? Uh, I... I I, I had depends um, if you like some. Yeah, yeah. I had the. Um, I think the the world's most famous plastic surgeon, Doctor Terry Dubrow of the show Botched. Oh, okay. I had him on my podcast basically to ambush him with questions about getting breast implants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and he he it's loves a free the consultation. Idea. He fucking loves the idea. He does. Yeah. 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 He's he. I, I took off my shirt and and he says, "Oh yeah, I think you could do D or double D." <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that means like, uh, you know, I only heard double. <laughs> double D. <laughs> and and uh, he he doesn't put breast implants in. Uh, uh, the, he won't put them in, but he will take them out. And oh. and, uh, and and there is like a component of plastic surgery. I think when you take them out uh, to kind of restore, right. you gotta get all like that what, flesh, all that yeah. mushy. Yeah. And he said, don't keep them in for more than three months to, to avoid like more heavy stretching. So that's kind of how I picture it: is take three months to really. Go nuts filming all of the the tent pole bits right. of the show. Tit bits, they call them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and then the you know laser tattoo removal to get the dick off my forehead. Yeah, you know, get the the, <laughs> now, the, the are surgery you, out. Are you worried that there'll be a, a dick shaped laser scar <laughs> on your forehead? <laughs> Worry's not the word. Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome because people wouldn't know exactly what it was and they'd right. look at it. What? Oh, that's also the best part about doing the podcast is that because it's a video podcast, people will see the progression. Right. Right. And as the episodes go yeah. on, they'll be like, "Oh, he got another. He got yeah. another laser treatment." Another installment. Yeah, you fading know away it, and fading away. Yeah, you know about it, and and um, I, I'm pretty well versed in in uh, laser treatment because I used to have the words shit and fuck tattooed <laughs> on my knuckles. <laughs> right. And, and you know, I, I I waltzed through life for over a decade without that ever serving as a real obstacle for me. Yeah. And I'm very proud of that. But at a certain point, it kind of outlived its usefulness. And, well, yeah, uh, like like you're going on YouTube and you're like, don't worry, this one doesn't have any profanity. And they're like, what's well, yeah. this fuck on your hand? Yeah. yeah. And um, so, I, so I got that lasered off. And it's so counterintuitive that of all the colors of ink that you can have tattooed, yeah. that, that the, the color that is most easily and completely removed is black. That's easy. You would think that black yeah, would be the, be the hardest. hardest to get Absolutely. Out, but it's actually the... The, the easiest like you can see like shit and fuck is totally can't gone. see it yeah and it's it's a little bit left in the eye how right. many run throughs did it take to get it off ah uh, man it, it does take more than one run through but uh i think like i feel like three or four got it's it painful done. it's the, the, the laser tattoo removal was super painful yeah but it's a lot faster like the tattooing like kind of yeah. takes a, a pretty long time the laser they and, and it's over. Okay. So it, it's so fast, but it hurts a lot. When did when did you really sit down and like learn YouTube? Because like I, I look at your both for your podcast channel and your regular channel, like it's really clear that you're putting a ton of work and effort yeah. into doing it right and hitting the algorithm <laughs> and like 
getting the response like in every aspect of it the way it's edited the thumbnail the title it's like well thank you for that man. yeah um i when jackass came out in the year 2000 and i never personally learned how to edit footage properly on a computer until 2013 wow and uh at that time um I, uh, you know, before 2013, I was like just, you know, effectively talent. I was in front of the camera guy and I only worked when some fucking asshole in a suit like gave me permission to work. You know, yeah. like I was at the mercy of just right. corporate executives and, and uh, it was on the recommendation of, uh, you know, of, of a couple of people, man, you got to get into YouTube. And I kind of scoffed at it. I was like, man, dude, I've been in like number one box office movies. I've had like multiple TV shows with my name in the title. That was the I'm a big star Steve-O yeah. coming out again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like now I'm going to like <laughs> upload YouTube videos. It felt like the most embarrassing, just demoralizing demotion in my career. And, uh, you know, at, at the time I, I was just losing my fucking mind honestly like that year 2013 knoxville was filming the bad grandpa movie like mm -hmm. he'd been filming it um and, and that was such a kick in the nuts for me like i really took it hard it's like wait this is a jackass movie like and it's knoxville timberlake us. yeah you know yeah now i'm the jackson four right yeah <laughs> you know like yeah, you're ac chazez like you thought it was going to be you right and now it's, it's knoxville's doing this yeah. by himself yeah and um I, i'd had one uh um hosting gig i was hosting this stupid game show on uh true tv and um like uh it was people it was called killer karaoke and people would sing karaoke like basically while terrible shit happened to them which was a funny concept yeah but they had very uh limited number of challenges and a lot of the challenges involved animals and like they were putting like snakes in like you know ice tanks and stuff and when like i like i'm an animal guy and when the show came out they were like dude you're putting cold-blooded reptiles in ice water super cruel you know this and and it hurt my feelings right so i said guys moving forward i'm not gonna like be down with the animal stuff right and so they they uh replaced me with uh mark mcgrath from sugar, sugar ray, ray. <laughs> yeah yeah so i got fired from that i felt like i'd been fired from jackass i got fired from the one tv gig i had i was trying to pitch uh, a show idea i had i was going into all these boardrooms and just being met with just absolutely universal rejection and i just felt like i was banging my head against the wall and so picking up a camera learning how to edit was like a way to kind of salvage my sanity mm -hmm. I, I had no fucking idea that, that, that it was uh there was money in making youtube videos i thought that like like howard stern would always say like what's what's views how does that help you views right. clicks right you know? like, like wait a minute the world's passing you by right and you know so, and so it, it, it felt like i was really swallowing my pride to start the youtube channel in 2013 but what what ultimately happened i i collaborated with like a couple of the biggest youtubers on the platform they they were stoked to have me in their video and i was stoked to be in there you know and so like when like everybody put up their videos at the same time and just drove traffic to my shit so oh, I, wow. I, I landed on youtube like boom like with like a you know a real kickstart yeah 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 i got a real kickstart a lot of momentum on day one and um like 
the entertainment industry took notice. Like all of a sudden I'm getting calls from like the big agencies. Hey, we want to represent you in the digital space. Oh. It brought about like a fucking immediate rebirth in my career, which was just epic. And I stuck with it. I stuck with it. And like, man, what a great fucking experience it was to literally not need permission from anybody to go and do my, do what I want to do. Yeah. And, and I just, like all of my my everything just just was elevated, you know. It, like uh, millions, it's the millions of followers on all the different platforms. Like click, 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 just like just growing. And um, now, fuck, like today, I I upload regularly to four different YouTube channels. I've got my main channel, my podcast channel, my podcast clips channel, my Spanish language channel. The Spanish language yeah. channel, like that, yeah, people like dude, they've got some huge. fucking asshole with a shitty voice, fucking talking in Spanish, <laughs> overdubbed on my shit. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's like it's it's crazy what it's all become because I saw like these are people that I. I'm glad I have kids because I wouldn't know about it, but like I saw you had like Carter Scherer on your right, show. And right. like up until I wouldn't have known who he was, but my five-year-old is obsessed right. with him. And then I look at it and I'm like, Jesus Christ, like this this is like when we were growing up, it was whoever it was. It was like Saved by the Bell or it was right. Ninja Turtles or it was whatever it was. And now it's like it's these guys. It, it's insane. Like it's been like a bunch of years since since uh, like we all heard how kids these days don't even know who Brad Pitt is, but name their YouTuber and they're freaking out. Right. You know, like what did Dana White, he said how uh, how his kids, he's his kids have met fucking everyone. But then he introduced his kids to the Nelk Boys and their heads exploded. Yeah. Like the most jaded kids on yeah. earth, like freaked out. And that was like sort of how the relationship with the UFC and Nelk started. That's their idea of a superstar. That's, it's, That's it. it's people online. The, the yeah. only thing in my house that my kid is impressed with. And it's like, there. I have a studio in the house. There are like wrestlers coming over and stuff like that. Like all this stuff is always happening. The only thing he cares about is that there's a YouTube play button downstairs. And he's, he's still, holy shit. Can I go downstairs and see the YouTube play button? Like just that that button, the, yeah. you know, the plaque they give you. Yeah. It's all he cares about. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's it's nuts, man. It's nuts. And and. So yeah, thank thank you for, for noticing the YouTube. But it's also I, like, it's not just like video editing. It's the fact that like, I mean clearly like you're really doing a lot of work in what should this be looking like now like what what is well, what is going to get people to get interested in this and like you're you're putting in a ton of work to do that right the uh the one i put yesterday like uh it, it was it started out i i put it up with the with the one thumbnail and it said the stunts that got me banned for life and i'm like neurotically refreshing and like, it's not yeah. fucking performing well it's not performing and then i i, I uh you know, I reach out to my thumbnail guy. I'm like, we need a thumbnail upgrade. Like, this isn't clickable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, so now it's got a new thumbnail, and the title has changed to the despicable and illegal behavior that got me banned for life. And I'm like, okay, now it's doing a little better. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. there's this like constant, yeah. like real time management and and kind of reacting to what's going on, and and uh, it's. It, 
it's uh, it's just unhealthy to be that fucking. But it's yeah, better than it. not caring, though. It's yeah. it, it's better than like if you're gonna be addicted to something, or whatever. Right. You're not drinking. You're not jerking off all over the place. Right. You might as well care about you. And at right. least you're in control, right? Yeah. Right. At least it's not you like yelling at an agent, going, right. "Why can't you get me this TV right. show yeah. or something?" It's like you can actually get your hands on it and try to manipulate right. it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, you know. Truth be told, I fucking love it. Yeah. I, lo I love everything about it. Yeah. Creative I, obsession is not nearly as bad as other right. types because at least you're getting something yeah. and you're entertaining people. It's not and bad. Dude, and that video is a hellacious banger. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good one. It's it, it's 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 one of these uh, these videos, and there's been quite a few where I'm able to uh, like present a me that is not fucking me you know like like all that the, like the old the, the, the examples of things where i got banned for life from like the airline from from like uh the casinos from the fucking the county you know all these <laughs> <laughs> all, all, all of these like like all the footage that supports these examples is like super old footage of me just not just drunk, but like, oh my God, cringy and douchey. Yeah. Like just to be, and, and I'm just like, yep, that's how I was. You know, here, <laughs> here's this guy, super unlikable, total douche. And, and, uh, and, and it's just, it's kind of fascinating to be able to talk about that guy and not be that guy. It's, yeah. it's great. It's yeah. a great place yeah, yeah. to be though because you can still utilize that yeah, footage. It's still funny. Sure. And, but you can kind of come out and go, yeah, look, I know what this looks like. I know what it was. Right. But yeah, and people like you now and go, all right, I see you were fucked up then. Yeah. It's I, great. I, yeah. I felt compelled in the video to be like, let me just say I'm really grateful for my sobriety so I don't yeah. have to fucking be quite that bad anymore. Yeah. How's, have you talked to Bam? Is he doing I okay? I talked to him a couple nights ago. Oh, how, how is it? Can we get a, you never can trust press reports. Sure. They sensate everything how's he right. doing he he sounded super drunk dude okay he sounded super drunk but he was in good spirits um it's so fucking nuts man how like not just resistant to the idea of surrendering to recovery but just how he literally just doesn't seem to grasp the disease concept mm. you know it's like it, it, it's like still with the man if I just stay busy it's it's when I'm not like busy doing stuff all the time like I get into trouble if I can just stay busy and productive it's like no, that's not how it works dude. yeah it's mm -hmm. not how you'd think you'd know that by now it's like watching people make an excuse for a spouse that kicks the shit out of them it's like if I just well if I right. have dinner ready he won't do it or if I do this <laughs> people just want to excuse it because they don't want to let it go you know right and and uh you know I I, I love him I, I I love him and and uh, even even if I didn't love him, I'm never gonna give up on him because that you know that's how it works. You know, like I'm always, I've been physically present at almost every stop on his years long tour of rehabs and psych wards. Yeah, you know, like it's you know it's often just panned out that I was, you know, near enough to just pop in. You know, like I remember I was in New York. He was in a psych ward in Pennsylvania. So I just went over popped and over. Pop, popped in. Yeah. And like every rehab, every every one of these times when I show up, because I'm careful never to try to push sobriety on anybody. I feel strongly that if you do that, what you're actually doing is pushing them away from sobriety. Yeah. So like... You know, I let him do his thing. I, I don't. I don't lecture him. I don't do anything. And then, and then I, when he's actually in 
some kind of uh, rehab facility or something. And that's so now, like, now it's appropriate for me to go because, well, since you're here, like, let's make the most of it, you know? Like, for what it's worth, like, this, I think this is good. Nobody shows up in rehab by mistake. Yeah. As a rule of thumb, nobody shows up in rehab by mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Let alone fucking, like, a dozen times. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he knows you're sober. So you're like right. just an example of like, because he knows how fucked up you are. It, sure. it wasn't like you're, you, you, you know, you, you were fucked up and a lot of people didn't think you were going to make it. And right. look at you now. Right. Right. It, it, it's nuts. And, and, and what's even crazier is that I managed to be like the Switzerland of jackass. You know, like, because Bam had this big lawsuit against, you know, all things jackass. And so clearly... There, you know, there, there's, there's issues. Yeah. There, but like the issues don't apply to me. And what's so confounding about it is that I've done absolutely nothing to try to sugarcoat anything I've ever said to Bam. Like I am the most like matter of fact, just blunt, like, and, and, uh, our, my relationship with him is great. When I spoke to him a couple nights ago, he goes, dude, you know, I just want to thank you, man. Like, because you've always been there for me. Like, yeah, I've always been there to tell you, like, how fucking awful the situation is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, 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 but I, you know, so I don't know. Like, it's just really scary, man, because th this disease of alcoholism, like, you know, dude, like, it fucking kills people, man. Like, there's not, like, you go around the, the, the loop of the relapse cycle enough times like there's there's very few things that that are left to happen you know like it's, it's gnarly yeah, yeah it sucks watching people you love go to you know people you they, it's just frustrating because you right. know you know what the answer is and they just you can't make them hear it for sure yeah. i've got yeah. this this thing that that i came up with a long time ago and i think i came up with it like to tell to bam because i remember him saying um he he was this is years ago and he said uh man i just like i just feel like if, uh, you know life without drinking would just be so boring and and i was like you know dude like i said uh there's no question that you know like getting sober kind of shocks the system i was like it's it's kind of like if you're going to get in a swimming pool i said you know if you go up to the swimming pool and, and dip your toe in the water like it feels really cold, you know, like you don't want to get in. If you go over to the, like the shallow end and think you're going to walk down the stairs, like really gradually, like you're fooling yourself. You're never going to do it. Like clearly when it comes to getting in the swimming pool, you know, everybody knows the only way to get in is to jump all the way in to the yeah. deep end. And when you land in that water, it, it shocks your system. There's no way around it. But Everybody can also relate to having jumped into the pool. It's just a moment later. You think, man, I can't believe this felt so cold. Like just a moment ago, now I've acclimated and I feel perfectly comfortable. Yeah. I'm like, that's what it's like if you jump all the way in to recovery. Like, yeah, it shocks your system. It's gonna. But if you just jump in, commit to it, like you get used to it and bam, my life's not boring. But where the where the pool analogy yeah. gets gets like really pretty good is that we also know that you can't go around shoving people into swimming pools and expect right. them to stay in, let alone thank you for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and your life is definitely not boring, but let's be honest, twenty fourteen was not a great one. <laughs> the year of not coming was <laughs> 
2013 was when I started the YouTube channel. And and, and uh, 2014... No wonder you were so obsessed with YouTube. Yeah. 20, <laughs> 2014, I, I was so fucking laser focused yeah. on building my... You know, like, like I had... In 20... At the beginning of 2014, I'm pretty sure I had less than a million followers on Facebook. By the end of 2014, I had six million. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I, I, uh, I, I got shit done. Looking year. at everything but porn online. That's when, you, that's when you're focused on Facebook and <laughs> yeah, not going. Right. To, look at all these hours. Look yeah. at all these hours. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, I, I got shit done in 2014. So, so it was, it was not a boring year at all. You've been listening to SiriusXM's Jim Norton and Sam Roberts. New episodes every Tuesday with full shows weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Channel 103. Visit SiriusXM.com slash Jim and Sam for a free three-month special offer. 